listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin on the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Um, yeah, I don't know how we're going to get through today's podcast. It's uh, going to be long. It's going to be long. It's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. We're reviewing Avengers Endgame. We're in the Endgame now. Uh, I could say all the other things we're going to do, but let's be honest. No. <laughs> Can we just skip all the other bits? Do we need to do other bits? Well, let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe we'll run out of things to say after 10 minutes and we'll have to pad. But um, I suspect not. If we, if we get to it, we'll talk about Keanu Reeves and then uh, Quentin Tarantino. If we get to that, if we yeah. get to it, if there's only been one episode where we haven't uh, we haven't done a quiz, so we'll, be, uh, hmm. we'll see. Um, for those of you who are new, um, we do a movie podcast and we start off with some movie news. Well, <laughs> the the thing is, most of the news in the past couple of weeks have been Avengers Endgame focused. Uh, it's true. I think like, all, all other films have run away and hidden. <laughs> they really have. It's very heavily focused on Avengers Endgame. And the past couple of weeks, it's always been how much money they've been making. They've been making loads of money. They've recently um, beaten Titanic. They've overtaken Titanic. Um, uh, when, if you don't include infl- well, uh, unadjusted for inflation, but even so, they've got... I saw something uh, comparing how long it took various films to get to $2 billion. Mm-hmm. and it was a long time for Titanic I, I can't remember how long but no because in Titanic they did another re-screening of Titanic yeah, as well in I 2012 think, uh, and it was I think it was on the second screening whereas this one got to 2 billion dollars in 11 days I think yep it's insane it's insane that um, it's it's mad. I mean, <laughs> I, I was very much looking forward to this as, as were you and as were many 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 Marvel fans but I I just don't if this is the first Marvel film you've seen you will not understand anything that is happening it's like no. surely they're not bringing in that many new people it's i get but maybe it's just everyone people who've picked it up and or people are just so excited to see it in the first week and maybe it'll drop off later uh, i know people who have been watching it multiple times i'm going to watch it multiple times myself anyway so um i've uh, seen it i've seen it twice um, you've already seen it twice wow that's yeah. that's <laughs> more than me um and also the last avengers uh, infinity war made a billion so um, in the first, I mean, I don't know in the first how many days. Uh, so Infinity War made two no, billion, I think. No, in two billions, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. made two billion, so it's no surprise that you know. I think we knew this sequel. was going to make a lot of money, but to, it's looking like it could threaten Avatar, uh, which is two point seven something. I think. I'm still surprised that Avatar got so much money. It's a weird on Avatar because they made a lot of money uh, because it was three D, and three D costs more, particularly back then, I guess, uh, because it was brand new. Uh, and I don't know whether they count the, the cost of the, the glasses. Probably not. Um, so it was, it, everyone had to go and see Avatar because it was this brand new experience. Oh. I know I did. Although I only saw it once. I, I watched, saw it once too. I watched it again, actually. I saw it once. I watched, watched it on DVD last week. It's all right. And? It's all right. Um, it's nothing. <laughs> I say it's nothing special, really, um, from, from a kind of plot-wise. Or, it, it looks oh. great, but yeah. You forgot who the key person is in all these films. It's Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana is is the magic uh, that if you want your, your film to make more than two billion dollars, get Zoe Saldana. She brings in all the money, I but she must be a different color, though. I don't think she was in Titanic. <laughs> no, she definitely wasn't in Titanic. Maybe she's playing the iceberg. We never knew. Uh, I think the if you adjust it for inflation, the uh, the biggest selling ever one is uh, Gone with the Wind, which I'm confident Zoe Saldana was not in. Uh, but that's that's one heck of a film. Like four hours long or something. I've still not seen it. It might not be four hours. But it's, it feels yeah. very long. 
Uh, anyway, movie news is that Gone with the Wind is doing very well. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any non-Avengers news? Or, uh... Uh, well, the the first Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out. It did. And it was panned by pretty much every single person in the whole world. Yep. And they've announced that they're going to redo <laughs> the, the the character of Sonic, redo the animation for Which it. Which is quite hilarious, really. I mean, I had no intention of seeing this film, but that's, that's Me funny. Neither. They put a trailer and it's so badly received, like, yep, we're changing it. It, it. Like, someone actually did a touch-up of the Sonic from the trailers, and it looks so much better oh, really? than what they put out from the trailers. Yeah, it's... Oh, hi, that guy. <laughs> but they, they must have got all their merchandise ready to go. So it's... Like they can't. They're not going to change that at this stage. I would thought. So they're not going to change it too much, surely. I don't know. Um, well, good luck to him. It's got James Marsden. I always feel James Marsden does is a very bland actor. He hasn't been in many films since what? Enchanted. Well, I feel like <laughs> maybe. He, I feel like he has, and just no one noticed. Um, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, obviously, he was in X Men for a bit, wasn't he? Um, yeah, we should do an actor factor for him. We should do. I started watching um, Dead to Me on Netflix, which, which uh, oh, he's in it. He's in that as well. Yeah, but um, he strikes me as someone who probably wasn't their first choice for Sonic, but they they worked their way down the list till someone said yes. Oh, is it his voice? I didn't realize that. Uh, it's not his voice. He's the the. It's Ben Schwartz's voice, but he's the policeman who's tracking him down or something. Ah, okay. He's so bland that you saw the trailer with him in and didn't remember him, Dijon. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, with Jim Carrey in the film as well, people tend to pale. So, yeah, Carrey so you like about Jim Carrey, but he's not bland. Um, uh, what have we got here? Um, John Cena may well be in, I think he's in fact uh, in the Suicide Squad. Um, he's potentially Peacemaker. Tell me about Peacemaker, Zishan. Stop throwing this out at me, man. You didn't, my my, you fa- my favourite part of the podcast is <laughs> Naming obscure uh, comic book characters and hoping you know something about this them. This is extremely obscure. I bet he dies immediately. Yeah, you're not going. Oh, you didn't get John Cena and then kill him off immediately. Uh, well, like Slipknot, right? Yeah, but he, he could be the new Slipknot. Yeah, but who who played Slipknot? Do you remember? Um, exactly. No one knows. It was John Cena is a, is a big name these days. Yeah. Well, apparently Jared Leto says he wants to play the Joker again. Oh yeah. Well, he's not doing anything else, I suppose. Mm. Well, I think he's uh, next. He's currently shooting Morbius. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel the the Sony Spider-Man spin-off. I might start referring to him as Oscar winner Jared Leto, just because it feels a bit feels weird. What? Why? He's he's not very good, is he? I mean, let's be honest. What? Uh, I I didn't see him in the one that he won the Oscar in. Yeah. But I don't mind stuff. him. I don't mind him in Blade Runner. So okay. yeah, I guess that's that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd I'd watch him on the joke um, or playing the Joker no. in a film. Why not? Oh, that'd be a bit odd because Joaquin Phoenix is really playing one this uh, year. But a, yeah, I, I don't think this year. But... Is it not this year? So no, I don't think we get Jared Leto this year. It's not mm. a chance of that. Um, but I'm sure he wants. To, I, I I doubt he'd say yes to Suicide Squad if it's another bit part. I think he wants to do a proper mm. leading role. But he didn't do much in the last one anyway. No, well, that's this problem, wasn't it? Um, hmm. uh, Travis Knight, fresh off Bumblebee, speaking of John Cena, uh, is going to be directing The Six Billion Dollar Man with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I thought that's been in the works for a while now. Yeah, it's been in the works. I don't think they had a director attached, so he's on board now. It's uh, based on an old TV series, isn't it? Yeah, they've cleverly updated uh, Six Million Dollar Man to Six Billion Dollar Man. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess in uh, current present terms, six million isn't a lot. I, I take Although it. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I look forward to twenty-five years' time when the six trillion dollar man comes out. That's, uh, that's where we're going with this. Uh, but yeah, Travis Knight, I say he did um, Cooper and the Two String Strings, didn't he? And he did, uh, I say, Bumblebee recently. So I, I wasn't thinking I'd watch this, but that makes me slightly more tempted. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, what do I have? Uh, so James Wan. Oh, yeah. Um, of horror horror director James Wan. And, and Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman director, yeah. And The Trench. And the, famous Aquaman the, spin-off The Trench. <laughs> yep. And the It writing team, the writing team for It, uh, teaming up for another Stephen King adaptation. Oh, what are we going? Uh, this time is uh, Salem's Lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Stephen King's yeah. really in right now, isn't he? What? Um, has he always been out, though? Well, there was a... I mean, he was big in, obviously, the 80s or else, but there's, there's been quite a period when we didn't get Stephen King stuff, and now it's... Obviously, It, we had Pet Cemetery fairly recently. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, so Salem's Lot uh, is the vampire, it's Stephen King's vampire novel. Um, All right. Pretty much, and... Uh, as expected, it stars a writer, and as expected, it's, <laughs> it's in Maine. based in Maine. Yeah, <laughs> as you think. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's all you really need to know. It's about vampires. Um, uh, but I don't know when this will be done. I think James Wan is just producing, and his okay. next directing feat is Aquaman two. So this may be a while yet. Fine. Uh, yeah, I've never warmed to Stephen King because like, I don't like horror. Apart from um, Shawshank Redemption, which is great. Oh, and Stand By Me, which is great. But neither of those are really right. horror. Go for more... Are you, not going to, are you not going to watch the upcoming Eat Chapter 2? I'm not. But there's Jessica Chastain in it. You like Jessica Chastain? I, I guess. <laughs> i got no strong feelings about Jessica Chastain. She's, <laughs> she's a good actress. Uh, I didn't watch It Chapter 1. Um, I don't think I'm going to You watch know what it. happens. Yeah, well, you can watch It Chapter 2 and tell me all about it, Zian. Okay, okay. Um, what have you got here? Um, Taika Waititi uh, has apparently has pitched Thor 4 um, according to Tessa Thompson uh, so they've got obviously their way, their way through directors Kenneth Branagh, uh, Alan Taylor I think and Taika Waititi the third one um, we'll talk more about Thor in our end game review yep, so let's, let's move on from there uh, but was I'm talking MCU um, we all thought, at least I did, that thought that Endgame was the last Phase 3 MCU film, but apparently not. Apparently Spider-Man Far From Home is the last Phase 3. And they just released a brand new trailer they today. did. This is, um, have you seen it? I have seen it. Uh, and the reason why I've seen it, and this is linked to Endgame as well, is because um, uh, this is going to be some kind of spoiler for Avengers Endgame, maybe. maybe. But the trailers for Avengers Endgame is really good. Like it doesn't spoil anything, like you can't you can't tell anything about the film from the trailer alone. Yeah. So I thought that by watching, you know, I'm, I'm I thought Marvel has got its game up now. So I yeah. went and see the this current trailer. Gives away a lot, doesn't it? It gave away <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, so, More than I wanted to know. So <laughs> More than I wanted to find out. Um, and it's weird. So it starts off with Tom Holland saying this trailer has spoilers for Avengers Endgame, which indeed it does. Um, right from the beginning. So the uh, the Russos of Marvel have announced that today you can expect spoilers everywhere. The spoiler-free zone is over. So uh, be careful if you haven't watched it yet. I mean, what you do and listen to this podcast, to be honest, if you haven't watched it yet, but there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it looks good. Um, there's some some bits that were a bit surprising. Some of the, the uh, MJ storyline, perhaps. But um, 
Mysterio is always a villain, and they're, they're trying to steal Connors into believing that he's not a villain here. But clearly, he's going to be a villain. Yeah, I, I can't talk too much about the trailer without spoiling stuff. Fair enough. That's the thing. Um, yeah. That's all the news I've got. You got any more news? Yeah, let's move on. I I, I just want to talk about Endgame as soon Fine. as possible. But before we do that, we have our famous segment to C or not to Z. Where we, we don't have to put it in. <laughs> Where we talk about films we've recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them. Zijan. Yes. Tell me slowly and at length about films you've seen recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is, I've seen a very good film recently and it's very annoying because I did it to, to go through it quickly because um, I want to speak about Avengers anyway. <laughs> I, I wish I'd watched Dumbo this time around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what but, did you see? So I saw Shoplifters. This is a Japanese film. All right. By Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, and this was um, nominated for an Oscar for Best Foreign Film in last year's Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. As well as the Golden Globe Awards um, as well. Um, they lost to Roma. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but it won the Palme d'Or in last year's Cannes Film Festival. Oh, really? Mm. So uh, I want to check it out. Um, and it's a story about of uh, a family um, of, of shoplifters as you mean uh, <laughs> as the title says um, they dis- they discovered an abandoned girl and they brought a, a little girl into their family and they taught her the ways and it just shows this family um, uh, going going through life uh, and um, it's a great film uh, <laughs> I wish I could spend more time on this but I need to move on okay. <laughs> because we're running out of time but you should everyone should check this out um, if you can get a hold of it um, it's really really good it it, it captures you know what it means to be a family, the soul of a family, and it's done really well. No, so I'm, I'm assuming that you don't speak Japanese. No, uh, uh, that's what subtitles are I, for. Are you a man who goes for subtitles or for dub? Uh, subtitles. Subtitle. Me too. Dubbing always sounds weird to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I saw a film called The Old Man and the Gun, um, which came out last year. Robert Redford um, starring as a, well, in fact, as a bank robber, just to maintain the theme of uh, criminals that we've been doing in this segment. Um, it was at the time he said it might well be his last film as an actor, and then he said, "Oh, maybe not." Uh, it's but yes, he, he's this kind of old, old, well, old man, as in the title, and he goes around um, staying at banks. But he meets a woman called played by C. Spacek, uh, and you kind of get this idea. I think Ephelion tells her that he's a bank robber, and she doesn't really believe him. And but there's police chasing after him. Um, Casey Affleck is the main policeman uh, chasing after him. It's it's based, I think, fairly loosely on a true story. Uh, but yeah, I think it's worth a watch. It's a good one. It's um, Rob Redford is is as charismatic. This is his last film, right? Um, that, yeah, I think he, he kind of went. I say back, back and forth a bit on that, uh, but probably. And Sissy Spacek, that's a name I haven't heard for a while. Yeah, I don't know what she's been doing. I don't know for recently, but uh, yeah, she's very good as well. I, I can't think of anything else I've seen her in, but she well, she used to be uh, huge back in the day. Uh, I know her for Carrie, right? Yeah, Carrie's <laughs> the, the big one. Yeah. Um, it's quite a gentle film. I think very, very deliberately kind of harkens back to the like Robert Edwards seventies heyday, and even things like the the font of the of the title uh, is kind of and the color scheme. Whatever else is a lot more seventies than today. But yeah, I think for for a fantastic career for Robert Edwards, it's a very fitting end to it. So it's um yeah, it's not going to put up any trees, but it's definitely worth a watch. Um, right here we are then, Avengers Endgame. The culmination of 22 uh, MCU films. 11 years. 11 years. The fourth Avengers film. Um, 
I'm going to propose we don't spend too long on the non-spoiler section. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Like, um, I was thinking about this. You're going to ask me to come up with a synopsis on this film. I am. Yeah. There's no way I can do this. <laughs> it's impossible to come up with a synopsis of this film. I, I can give this will be the shortest synopsis of the film. Okay, here we go. Non-spoilers. Tell us about the film. What, what goes on? This is the sequel to Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> Thank you, Zijan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anything else I say will be a spoiler. It's <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh, as you say. This, uh, at the end of Infinity War, half of all living things um, were taken out of existence by Thanos snapping his fingers we have the six original Avengers and a few others facing up to that yep um, <laughs> and there's a massive cast as well and there's uh, certainly not not along the Infinity War size of cast but yeah there's, there's still quite a few uh, returning that we saw on the poster um, there aren't really much there's n- no, that's spoilers. Uh, shall, we, shall, we, shall we just say very quickly um, what we thought of the film? Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I loved it. Uh, I loved it, loved it so much. Um, like, there were so many moments in the film where, you know, you your your heart jumps, a, a, it skips a beat, and you're, you, your fist, you're pumping your fist up. And there were a lot of moments. I I was crying throughout the film as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a, a proper emotional roller coaster. And you know this this was a true film for the fans. I would say absolutely. So this is what I know I've said before that this is making making absolutely bucket loads of money. But um, it's definitely rewarding people who have seen eleven years worth of films. Um, I think if you come into this only having seen a handful, you're going to get a bit lost. Uh, I try. I tried at one point to see if I can make a list of all the films that you needed to have seen to understand what's going on. Yeah, um, how did I go? I, I didn't actually get as far as making this, but there's so many callbacks, um, characters that are, that appear that are, you're not really told much about, um, and and it, and there's not a lot of explanations. I think some of it they kind of they do their best to say give you some exposition, but some of it you're like, well, if you, if you don't know what's going on, fine. And even. So we saw the the end credit scene of Captain Marvel. We saw Captain Marvel yep. return. I don't. If you haven't seen that post credit scene, I'm not sure you understand the beginning of this film, which is amazing. That that, that is true. That is very true. Um, um, so it'd be interesting to talk to someone who's just came to see this one fresh. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, I say I've seen it twice. Like like all the Avengers films, I liked it better the second time. I think there's so much to take in. Uh, there is. There I, really is. Yeah, a lot. it took me a while to kind of process and. Um, and I think sometimes you, because I love these characters and I've got these stories, these kind of the things that didn't happen that I wanted to happen kind of dwell on those. Watching it again, yeah, much more kind of saying, oh, I can see why they chose that structure. I can see why they chose those things to wow. happen. Um, I thought emotionally it, it worked fantastically. Um, it as definitely you say, was. I, I, I was crying um, from fairly early on. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. It's so bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Manfully sobbing. Um, yeah, because yeah, that that was one area that I thought the Russos, I was a bit worried because things like um, Winter Soldier, I know people love it, but it, there's not a other than the Peggy scene, I guess there's not a huge amount of emotional payoff from for me, or at least I didn't really feel it. Um, and even Civil War, I didn't feel massively. But then I thought they got better through Infinity War, and this definitely um, worked. I will say that I miss Joss Whedon. I love Joss Whedon's work. I love mm-hmm. what he did with the Avengers and this. The Russos are good, but the, and, and was it Marcus McFeely? I think who, who wrote it are good, but they're not 
Joss Whedon good, in my view. In terms of writing, you mean? Yeah, it's in the character dynamics, um, mm. even the action. I think Joss Whedon's great at very lucid, very interesting action. Um, and this, I said this was this was good, but I, I rewatched Avengers and and Age of Ultron over the last week or so. Okay. Um, and I just love both of those films. Um, even Age of Ultron at the time, I wasn't convinced by, but I've seen it several times since. I just I, I love it every time. Um, and I felt a lot of the time this did that, but it didn't quite reach those levels. Mm, uh, okay. So I actually saw Age of Ultron recently as well. Oh, yeah. And I had the opposite reaction to you. Oh, okay. Like, like I didn't think... Like, in Age of Ultron, I'm going to talk about it, that, that there were like, you know, Quicksilver died in Age of Ultron. Yeah. And I didn't feel, you know, that much of an emotional impact on his death. Okay. For example. Because, like, you don't get to know this person. They just killed some random person they've introduced in the exact same film. Yeah, quick, quick so, I, I get that, yeah. You know, like, oh, and th- there's this random family running around um, <laughs> in Age of Ultron, which I still don't understand why he put them in. Um, <laughs> remember that family? Uh, yeah, I think, I think there was a lot more of them in the early cut, uh, and then you get less. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, was, I guess I was thinking more the way that the six bounce off each other. Um, some, of the, I mean, some of the lines, I don't think it's really spoilers to say that some of those... Um, you get in this film. You get the kind of reference to um, uh, how are you going to face that together? We'll lose. Well, we'll do that together as well. Which I think is a great line that, that gets referenced in this film. Um, there's a few times that lines from other films get referenced here. But I think he just has a way with very memorable dialogue scenes um, that mm. that you don't necessarily get in other ones. But given what they had to to achieve, both with Infinity War and this one, I think it's, it's a phenomenal. Achievement I think it's is a just an accomplishment yeah. on its own right, yeah. Because you, you, you think how badly wrong it could have gone. So yeah, no, I, I was very satisfied. I think it's a second time more so. Um, and yeah, I think probably the most emotional of any of the MCU films for me. Definitely. Are you going to watch it again? Uh, I'll wait to DVD, I think. Ah, yeah, I, I, I won't do it a third time as well. Yeah, all, all the Avengers films I've seen twice in the cinema, actually. Mm. Mm. I saw the first Avengers three times. Did you? In the cinema, yeah, <laughs> that's really good. Uh, well, we've managed not to spoil anything yet. Um, that's good. I, I don't know how we did it. So we're doing well. Uh, so let's crack on um, with the spoilers. The spoilers now. If, 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 spoilers, 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 spoilers. spoilers. <sighs> Where do we begin? So I, I split up. I split up my 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 conversation into three parts oh, into yeah. three different acts so I thought this we is could the most go... preparation you've ever done for this I know right <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that while I was writing this down like I'm so systematic now so instead of jumping out all over the place which you can do yeah. in a film of this magnitude I thought we'd just go through each of the three different acts there are definitely three different acts if yeah. I'm not mistaken yeah. okay yeah. so we'll start with the first act and the best uh, this this act, what I like a lot about it is that how unpredictable it was. Uh, they so, killed Thanos within the first five minutes. So for, for anyone, yeah, so for people who, despite not having seen it, are still listening. Um, <laughs> Why are you listening? You should skip that other bit. Yeah. Uh, as you say, they, 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 the remaining Avengers, they, uh, they gather, um, Captain Marvel appears, brings Tony Stark to Earth, and they go off to find Thanos and cut his head off. Um, Very quickly as well. Sorry? Very quickly as well. Very quickly. He didn't pull out much of a fight. No, and it, and it's interesting because I think it straight away, as you say, uh, surprises the audience. It puts you in, a, in a, makes it a different film to what you thought it might be. Um, mm-hmm. So if you thought they were going to spend their time, there's all this talk of why well, we can't find Thanos, but when we find him, that will solve everything. And 
yeah, he's destroyed the Infinity Stones. Um, Thor obviously uh, chops off his head. Chops off his head because he's he's feeling angry. He's feeling like he's failed, and mm-hmm. he, this is some sort of revenge. But it also means there's no hope of kind of yeah. Inter- I don't know, uh, cross-examining Thanos or something, or trying to make him tell them something helpful. He's he's gone, at least for now. Uh, this is what I thought. So, so as far as I can piece together, Captain Marvel came to Earth. They they spoke to most of the Avengers, who said Tony Stark's up there somewhere. Then yep. she flew up and got Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and then brought him back again, which I, it makes sense. But I spoke to someone else who watched it who didn't who hadn't understood it that way. They he, they thought he just she just bumped into Tony Stark first of all, and I'm surprised they didn't make more of an effort to explain what was going on there. <laughs> Well, unless you've seen the post credit scenes what of exactly? Cap- Captain Marvel, you wouldn't know this. <laughs> so, so as I said in our Captain Marvel episode, I was pretty sure that was a clip taken straight from the film. Uh, turns out I was wrong. But uh, not the first bit of the <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder if it was put in the film and they cut it for, for length, because I mean, it's over three hours long, so you need to cut a few things. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, it makes sense to kind of, you know, Block off that exit and say, right, okay, we've dealt with that bit. That's not going to solve your problems. Yeah, and now I, I think it was a good idea as well not to have like Captain Marvel come in and you know save the day immediately. And you know, I think the whole cutting off um, Thanos's head thing um, changed my entire expectations for the film totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a very good surprise for myself. Like I went into this cinema with, you know with a kind of a plot planned out for this film. You know, okay. this is going to happen, this is going to happen, you know. And then Thanos has got his head chopped off in like first five minutes. Okay, that's all gone yeah. now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the introduction of Captain Marvel, I thought, was was interesting. So Captain Marvel is done very well at the box office, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of Marvel fans don't like it or her. Um, and this, I think this is probably the first time the MCU has had this kind of backlash and mostly from mostly from sexists i think to be honest but um not not exclusively but i think there's a lot of kind of angry people on the internet who are talking nonsense um but it did mean that when you kind of get her first appearance in the cinema as in certainly there wasn't much of reaction and to be honest it wasn't a kind of a whooping and hollering kind of cinema Mm. but i do wonder whether that's repeated elsewhere whether whether she's getting that kind of cheer because things like i don't know when you first see Black Panther or something, I think I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cheering for that appearance. Whereas the first Captain Marvel, I wonder if that's landed quite the way they'd want. I'm not. No, I don't think they intended for her to get a cheer, though. I mean, like, I mean, it's just the start of the film, isn't it? It's not like um, exactly. you know, there was this um, grand entrance for her to make. Well, I don't know. I, to me, it felt because the way that you know, Tony starts more or less giving up, and then you get this bright light, and you hurt, she appears kind of in this hero shot across the screen. That, that felt like to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but that felt to me like they were going for something there hmm. but as, as, as you say the, the big concern that I think a lot of people had was that she would just yeah come in and kill Thanos or something or, or yes so I think um, yeah because she has Superman like powers right without yeah. Superman's weakness and um, as we've discussed before Marvel have been very good at kind of balancing different power levels in these films this one felt a little bit to me like well let's get her off screen so we don't have to worry about her power levels um or maybe just because we don't have that emotional connection with her that we have for the original six, so mm. let's not make it her film. Well, which is what they did, because the second twist in the first ten minutes yeah. was the five years later jump. 
Which, yeah, I actually kind of had a bit of a gasp at that point. I was like, wow, that's, I was not too... Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't spend too long thinking about what was going to happen, but I certainly didn't expect that. No, and then uh, that, that, that was it, man. <laughs> All my expectations were blown and strewn on the floor. There's nothing, I, there's nothing else I can do to predict this anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact, what we haven't talked about yet, um, right at the beginning, is, that, is the pre-credits uh, scene with Hawkeye on the farm. Oh, yes. Um, with his wife and three kids. We've I seen before, that. well, we've seen two of the. We have seen all three of the kids we've got. Anyway, uh, the great Linda Cardellini, um, who in fact is also in Dead to Me. Uh, she and the kids all disappear, obviously, and that sets off on Hawkeye's journey of of sadness. And that was something I think was fairly obvious was going to happen, but was done very yeah. well from the trailers. He, yeah, well, he, I because I only watched the initial trailer, but as soon as you've seen him as Ronan as this kind of desperate yeah. killer. Exactly you right. Guess. You, you can you know what's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I thought it was done very well, and apparently, um, apparently that scene was initially intended to be in Infinity War, and they pushed it back to this one, which I think was a, definitely a smart move. Mm. Uh, and again, people know this is what I'm thinking. If people haven't watched much previously, although obviously Hawkeye's in the Avengers, but if, if you haven't seen Age of Ultron, you're like, what is Hawkeye? Who are these people? people? Yeah. <laughs> um, although to be honest. If you're going to have watched anything, you should you can you can probably assume that people have watched the various Avengers films, if nothing else. Hmm. What I thought was interesting actually is because um, he refer- he talks to his daughter um, and calls her Hawkeye when she's shooting the arrow, uh, which is the first time the word Hawkeye has been used in the in the MCU. Apparently, ah, is that true? Apparently so. So I think in um, in the first Avengers film, uh, Eric Selvig refers to him as the Hawk, hmm. um, but I think that's the first time anyone said the word Hawkeye. Well, there there is a, a teenage Hawkeye in the comic books anyway. Kate Bishop, but isn't it? Kate Bishop, yeah. Not not related to uh, Clint whatsoever. Right. Okay. Mm. But he take she takes up her his mantle for a bit when he becomes Ronin. So um, I think at the end of this podcast, or towards the end of this podcast, I'd like to have a little chat about uh, where we think it's going to go in the future. Um, yep. So let's let's pick that up then. Okay. Um, so the five years later. So why ha- um you you see um Steve Rogers Captain America in a what do you call this a, kind of self help group self help group yeah um you see Black Widow leading the Avengers or what's remaining of it yeah uh, Avengers headquarters um and then you see Ant Man coming back thanks yeah, to a rat a rat that just so I have I have questions about all three of those things uh, yeah let's start off with uh Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Hall group. So half the world is still there. Yeah. Is everyone in a self-help group? Was it? Everyone's experienced more or less the same thing, haven't they? Yeah, they did. They did. Um, also, did you notice it was Joe Russo? Yes. Uh, immediately. I did. I didn't know that he'd already had cameos in uh, in Winter Soldier. And, oh really? So Winter Soldier, he plays a doctor in Civil War. He's on some guy at railway station. Um, I guess this is his first um, speech role. Uh, in fact, even in, in Captain America, he uh, sorry in um, Winter Soldier, which I watched again today. Yeah, um, he does speak a bit, but I just guess he was less recognisable or less well known at that point. Um, okay, question two: How long does it take uh, roots to completely grow out? Because Black Widow's Root. Black Widow's hair is still kind of blonde after five years. Isn't <laughs> she could just dye it again, Colin. 
How is that the first thing you picked up on? Because I, I, I have I have strong feelings about Black Widow's hair over the Avengers films, which I can uh, go into in further detail at some other point. Um, but it seems that she's... I mean, her hair looks like it's been dyed red, although I'm not sure if it's supposed to have been dyed red. But she's still got blonde at the ends. Should, I, I, wouldn't you cut it short so it's all red? Or was that a deliberate choice? These are the questions I want to know the answers to. There's you're, so many things to talk about. You're a man who's you chosen Black Widow's, <laughs> like Black Widow's hair. You're, you're a man who's dyed his hair blonde. Um, did you? I have. Did you just let it grow out, or did you? Dye yes, it? I did. Okay. How long did that take? Uh, not long. There you go. I mean, Black Widow's hair is longer than yours, in fairness. But um... still, why are you asking me this? <laughs> I just that bothered me. Um, but I'm... I have to say that Black Widow's performance as the leader of the Avengers is probably my favorite um, of Scarlett Johansson's in the Avengers films. She's so. I thought she was really good. She's so good. I mean, I I think for me, Age of Ultron. Uh, she's absolutely phenomenal, um, but this is yeah not far behind if it is behind. Uh, for me. Yeah, I, like, I like her conversation with Steve. Like, oh wow, I felt I felt for her. I felt so much for her, and yeah, um, I, I it's my favorite of her performances yeah. so far. Yeah. And to me, this is one of the drawbacks of Winter Soldier, actually, which I, I know people love Winter Soldier, but I I really feel that they didn't get under the skin of Flat Widow. She was mm. kind of this action hero type character with a few bits and pieces, but um, but Age of Ultron and and, uh, and this one. And in fact, even the first Avengers, I feel you see a lot more to her um, mm-hmm. than you do in that one, or in Iron Man two. Um, my third question is: Is about Ant Man? Slightly less important than the Black Widow hair. Do you reckon that rat was CGI, or do you reckon they they just <laughs> ro- told a rat to crawl across a thing and hope the best? Why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> yes, there are definitely better ones out there. <laughs> I want. But you, don't don't avoid the questions. He's this. I want I want a CGI you, Colin. They're not gonna put a rat there. Because I was thinking, like, how, I don't know how much it costs to make a CGI rat. Probably not not that much. Um, I'll ask my animator friend. Well, your your friend who who worked on this film, yeah, maybe, maybe he animated the rat. Mm-hmm. The the most important rat in the entire universe. Yeah, that rat. Saved, Without this rat, uh, save the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ant Man comes out. This fact, this is the first time that manful tears um, were down my, rolling down my cheeks when um, when Ant Man was looking for his daughter. Was, Me too. Oh, that was very moving. <laughs> oh, Colin. Yeah, yeah we, we cried in the same spot. Yeah. When when he found his daughter, I thought yeah. that was. Yes. Oh yeah. Although I couldn't quite work out the alphabetical system of the uh, the he finds his name on a big uh, uh, tablet or inscribed thing, so, so the world thinks that he's dead. I'm not sure they quite got the alphabetical order right. No, but, uh, I think it's quite difficult to have an alphabetical system anyway, um, and, when half the world dies, right? Well, my assumption was that was kind of that was just San Francisco people, uh, like rather than th- still three and a half billion names on a thing. But um, yeah, I mean, fair play to them; they've done well there. But yeah, so the world's gone to pot. No one's collecting the rubbish. No one's playing baseball anymore. Um, mm. They have managed to inscribe many, many names into things. But, um, uh, so that's that's where we are. I guess is so. Is that? Uh, well, we're still in, still in Act One. I suppose. No, still Act One because Ant Man goes to the Avengers Center. Yeah, speaks to uh, Steve, uh, Captain America, and Black Widow. Tells them there's a way to change this and go back to time. So now they have to recruit all the old Avengers back again. Um, yes, and so last time we saw Iron Man, he wasn't or Tony Stark. He wasn't too happy with with Cap. Mm. We got this whole yeah. um, we lost and you were nowhere to be nowhere to be seen bit. Um, he, which is fair enough for him though 
Uh, yeah, and again, Robert Downey Jr. I thought was was fantastic in this film. Uh, I think he, he obviously he plays the kind of cocky swagger very well, but when he does get emotional, as he did in uh, Civil War or Iron Man Three or, or here, I think that's very powerful as well. So he was uh-huh. he was great. Uh, they go and find him. He's got a daughter called Morgan. Um, uh, this this was a point in the film I was like, oh no, they're going to go back into time, and then he has to choose between sacrificing his daughter that you know wouldn't get born if they changed the mm. past. That was what I was thinking at the time. I was thinking yeah. about the film About Time, where if you go back in time before the birth of your child, you get a different child. Ah, okay. I thought the child wouldn't be born, and um, Tony has to make a decision mm. between saving the world or you know, having his daughter. I was like, oh no, which this he, is going to be quite sad. Yeah, <laughs> which, he, which he kind of does. Because the, the reason that he turns them, turns them away to begin with is because of his daughter. And he's like, yeah, mm. I can't roll the dice on this. I've got my second chance. And I thought that, was, that worked well. Um, and... Uh, yes, yeah, but the he has a change of heart. He mm. says he realizes that he can do time travel. Um, he could solve it while washing dishes. Yeah, I can't think of anything when I'm washing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get a dishwasher and you can uh, you can learn to time travel. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's that's the main reason why I haven't time traveled. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we see Pepper Potts. Uh, she kind of talks him into doing it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a factor. He's actually in this quite a lot. Uh, they've kept her going. Or I imagine she's probably done now. Yeah. Um, the Hulk. Yeah. We haven't talked about the Hulk. So now um, he's a Professor Hulk now. Apparently, um, um, Bruce Banner has control of the Hulk now, and there are two personalities sharing one body. Yeah. So he whacked himself with gamma radiation for I think he said for eighteen months. Um, and the second time I saw it, I thought I caught him say that. Um, yes, yeah, so they don't use the phrase Professor Hulk, but that's what he—that's what he is. He's still strong, although not maybe mm-hmm. not quite as strong. Um, It's—it's it's a funny situation. I, so Mark Ruffalo a while ago was saying that um, basically Universal have the rights to a solo Hulk movie, and they're not playing ball with with Marvel. So they decided to kind of work out what they want to do with the Hulk, and then put it over the course of three films: so Ragnarok, mm-hmm. Infinity War, and this one. So clearly, this is where they wanted to end him up, or at least where yep. they wanted to get him to. Uh, it's interesting. Again, I was watching the first Avengers, and, and yeah, he, the emotion that he shows, yeah, that kind of he lives in constant fear of what he might do. Age of Ultron as well. So he's, he's generally terrifying. He's, he's terrified of what he might do. He's living in isolation. Um, and so this is his solution. Uh, but it's almost played for laughs. So kind of the first time you see him, he's, he's making jokes. He's doing selfies with kids. He's whatever else, telling them to stay in school. He does a dab. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Which is bizarre. It is bizarre. So, um, yeah, what, what did you think to the Professor Hulk? Uh, yeah, like, I wasn't, like, you know, uh, blown away by it hmm. and anything. Like, like, it's not, like, it's not something, like, I care too much about. I mean, I like, I like Mark Ruffalo a lot. I like Bruce Banner a lot. But I don't care enough about having both personalities. I, I don't even care about the conflict between Hulk and Bruce Banner. Because there isn't much. Yeah, much. I, I, I did care about it in the first like the first couple of Avengers films, but yeah, Ragnarok it kind of almost disappeared. And as you say, I can see why they're not playing that same thing over and over. Um, mm. I think it's fairly obvious that they went this way so that he'd be able to snap his fingers with with the with the Infinity Gauntlet, mm. um, because that's pretty much the only way around achieving that. He couldn't get the Hulk to do it in his his Hulk form. That's true. Um, Okay, we're still on yeah. that one. And, yep, and last but not least is Thor. Yeah, and this for me was the big misstep 
of the film. I I completely agree. I think the bit when the country music came out put me right out of the film straight away. Country music. Yeah, when they when they were traveling on the road that to was, go see New that, Asgard, wasn't that country music? That's the Kinks. That's not. Was that the Kinks? Oh no, that's not country. Um, but anyway, yes. Yeah. So why, that that music threw me right out of the film. Yeah, the, it's only a massive change of tone, which I don't necessarily yes. mind. But yeah, I, it's weird because Thor, Chris Hemsworth, I think, is very keen to do this kind of new comic Thor. My comedic that he got that he started in Ragnarok, and and it worked for me in Infinity War. Um, but it really didn't. It kind of clashed quite badly, and just say that it took you out of the film, but more so for me, the kind of so the big reveal is he's now really fat because he's been drinking beer for five years. Yep. Um, which is again played almost entirely for laughs, despite the desperation, and you can kind of see some of the emotion coming through, but. It's a visual gag that goes down well, and then they kind of lumber with it for the entire film. And particularly when he goes to Asgard, it just felt so out of place to me. So I, I could have lived without that arc. I think Chris and oh, Fat Thor. Yeah, exactly. And it, either kind of make that joke, and then he, he immediately gets ripped again using lightning powers or something. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think the tonal shift was quite, yeah, um, was quite jarring for me. Uh, yeah. It was just like I, I agree with you it worked much better in the first film but that's because he doesn't you know come out as funny all the time no. throughout this whole film now he's just like permanent comic relief and, yeah. and this is the part where the Avengers are at the lowest and you it's <laughs> yeah and since we've, we've already just had the Hulk playing it more or less for laughs mm-hmm, exactly. uh, although again with kind of an undertone which worked I think a bit better in terms of yeah when he says that he blamed himself um and Thor, yeah, the bit where you kind of like, yeah, they're not allowed to say Thanos' name because he clearly blames himself as well. I think that if it had been acted differently with some changes, I think that would have worked. Mm. But yeah. Uh, and when he's with the Guardians, like he was in Infinity War, I think he plays very well off them. So I think there's this hope for the for future films. Just didn't like that. Which is why we'll talk about at the end. Oh, we'll talk about it at the end. Um, are we still in the well, If one? we get to the end. <laughs> if we get to the end. We're not even past like the first half an hour. Yeah. Um, that's that's a rockets around doing this thing, mm-hmm. uh, nebulas around doing her thing, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone else is MIA. Yeah. So I yeah. So things like um, uh, Denai who's Denai Gurira play? Uh, uh, Okoye. Yeah, Okoye. She's barely in it, isn't she? She kind of she's off, see, around the world looking for something. Not quite sure what. Uh, um, well, apparently there's an earthquake underneath uh, Wakanda mm, in, what the, could in the that sea. Mean? Hmm. Well, the speculations is Namor. Namor, the submariner. Namor, basically Marvel's version of Aquaman. Although, what, was he one of the first Avengers? He was fairly early on, wasn't he? He's the first mutant. First mutant. Oh, really? He is a mutant. Yeah. And guess what has been bought by Disney? They bought the which franchise? Okay. Yeah. I would not have thought Namor would be the first one they they pull out, but there you go. Could be. Could be. But um, Apocalypse is the first mutant, but Namor uh, has been there for a while. Oh yes. Uh, Mbaku's around, not doing much. Was he even there in the, the first, I think he, first two I, acts? I think he's... Isn't he one of the people that Black Widow sees and sends off to do stuff? Was it? I thought that was um, War Machine. I thought they were both there, but maybe not. Hmm. War Machine, definitely. Right, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk Hawkeye then. So he's... Or, or Ronan. Um, mm-hmm. So he's off k- killing people. 
Uh, and I thought that's As you do. And I think, yeah. So he, he's obviously devastated that his family's died, and he's taking it out on criminals. Which I, we didn't get much screen time of that. You see a couple of times, um, but I thought that worked very well. And Jeremy Renner is fantastic um, with what he, he, he's never had masses to do in any of these films. Really, I mean, I guess AJ Ultron he had a bit, a bit more than others. But what he does, he does very well. Uh, yeah. I really like the fact they really lent in on the kind of Black Widow, Hawkeye relationship, Natasha and Clint. Me too. So they, and we'll see why. Yeah, we will see why. Um, obviously, we, we know from Avengers uh, that they fought together. They've got a long mm-hmm. history, um, which we may or may not see more, of course, about that. Um, I, I was... One of my disappointments, certainly the first time, is that we didn't see more of, of um, Bruce and Natasha's relationship, um, which is something that I loved. And I think it's been sightlined as well now, right? Yeah, but, it's a funny because uh, I thought it was great. Uh, a lot of people didn't. Um, they haven't completely forgotten about it. Um, so there's there's a few passing references and glances and things like this, but it's very much on the back burner, mm. um, particularly since he became Professor Hulk. Uh, but I, I, so I was disappointed we didn't see more of that, but I get it. If it means we spend more time with kind of Clint and Natasha, mm-hmm. um, should we move to Act Two? Because we've got fifteen minutes of this podcast. <laughs> this is it's going to be it's going to be a long one, guys. Um, yeah, it enjoy would be, it. it would. <laughs> uh, shorter than in uh, shorter than the film, though. Shorter than the film. Um, and if you listen to the Empire podcast, uh, they've just recorded a four-hour podcast on um, on this. So, so we're yeah, definitely be, shorter than them. We're going to be less than that. So, <laughs> so the beginning of uh, the second act is that they went back in time to collect all the Infinity Stones again. So as to recreate the Infinity Gauntlet um, and to snap back all the people in their current timeline. And they've made them, uh, and they had to explain how this timeline works, how time travel works in the Marvel Universe. I think you can do a better job at this, Colin. Oh, lovely. Thanks, Susan. Um. <laughs> but in our time travel um, in film podcast, we've mentioned this before. Yeah, so this is, um the way that it works here, so we got a couple of explanations. We got Bruce Banner, um, saying some very confusing stuff about your if you go back in past then your future is then the past and you can't affect your present blah 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 whatever um, I think Tilda Swinton is, is the ancient one who is is back um, gives a slightly better explanation but the idea being if you go back and change something it doesn't change your present it just sends that past off into a uh, a different dimension or a different future so so right, you, you get the things like so back to the future is, is the classic example he goes back and he messes up the past which changes uh, the present so mm-hmm. we get doc brown drawing on his blackboard very similar to tilda swinton drawing uh magic lines in the air um so if, if you change 1955 then the 1985 you go back to won't be the same one that you came from uh we've got a very different thing here where uh so they're what are they 2024 i guess or maybe not mm-hmm. whatever it is um if they go back and change the past, the present they go back to it isn't changed. It's exactly the same as it was, which means they can do things like if they go back and kill themselves and then go back... They'll the still future, be alive. They'll still be fine. Uh, what they've done is affected, um, kind of made a, an offshoot, a, a different uh, universe or a different timeline. So it's <laughs> Tilda Swinton basically saying to Mark Ruffalo, sorry, the, or the ancient one to, to Bruce Banner, <laughs> if you take away our time stone or any of our infinity stones... Um, we're stuffed, <laughs> even if... Which is true. Which is true. So they come up with the bright idea of we'll take them all, we'll bring them back to the present, we'll snap the fingers, then we'll go back in time and put them all back where we found them. Exactly. So <clears throat> now the the film is set in three different parts 
of the MCU universe. It is. And did, did you know this was coming? Or did you think this was coming? No. Well, I knew they were going to go back in time yeah. because of the quantum realm, but I didn't foresee them recreating parts of the MCU and that was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that had been sport for me because or, or, um, a different podcast I listened to um, we talked about the, they'd seen set photos of people wearing their Avengers 2012 oh, costumes. costumes. So I came, Why do you listen to this podcast, Colin? Well, they, I, they, I didn't know they were going to spoil it. It's one of those things that they think it's not spoiling it if it's just speculation. But it's, it's still spoiling it if it's very well found. Everything is spoiler. Um, and that was, well, I mean, that was a good year or two ago, I think. Well, maybe not two years, but a year ago, probably. Um, so that was a shame that was spoiled for me. But yeah, it's a brilliant idea going back into the Avengers. Uh, I think this is my favorite act of the three. Yeah, and this is because I knew it was coming. I, I kind of almost. I was thinking, oh, wow, it'd be great. They're going to be rolling through dozens of films. We might see them go through. And then when it kind of didn't, they went basically to, to three films and they were barely in one of those. I was a little disappointed, but it's one of those things that when I watched it again, I thought, oh, no, I see why they did that. Because I kind of have this idea that, well, maybe make the whole film that and then the big finish is snapping your fingers. I can, I now kind of see why they didn't. But what, what do you think about the films they chose? So obviously they chose Avengers, um, the first one, Avengers Assemble over here, uh, Thor The Dark World, and the first Guardians film. Oh, I guess they have no choice but to choose those ones, right? Because those are the ones where the Infinity Stones were prevalent. Like, I think Thor The Dark World is probably the weakest of the three films, <laughs> if, if I go by um, the actual films themselves. It was a funny one, because I think it's quite often ranked at the bottom, Yes. Um, I think that's a little harsh, but uh, it, it's certainly not one of the best loved ones. But the, you're right, they definitely had no choice of that one. No, uh, because the, the, the stone doesn't appear anywhere else, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, whereas I think they probably could have gone elsewhere for the Tesseract and for the, uh, the Mind Stone. Well, they kind of gave that stone to the, the Collector, didn't they? The Reality Stone in the end. So yeah. maybe they could have gone there as well. But um, there's so much affection for the first Avengers film. And it, I think, to me, it it's the best MCU film still. Uh, and you've got the original six. So it, that's the one that you want to go back to. Yeah. So um, who went back? Captain America, Tony Stark, went there. Hulk? Professor Hulk was there as well? Uh, in yeah. the, To the first Avengers yeah, film? And, uh, and Ant-Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Ant-Man. And uh, yeah, my, my favourite bit of this whole part... So they're trying to get the Tesseract again. They're trying to get um, Loki's, uh, Loki's cap- uh, scepter again. Yep. Yep. Uh, as well as the Time Stone from... Um, from the ancient one, as you mentioned earlier. Yep. But my favorite bit of this film was when they recreated the Winter Soldier elevator scene. Yes, and then played it off differently. Um, and played a, it off differently. With, yeah. and, and a nice nod to the comics where Captain America says, Hail Hydra, which is a famous, which is famous recent Properly panned in the comics, by yeah. the way. Yeah. No one like that. But this was amazing. Like when he said Hail Hydra, I got chills <laughs> down my body. It was so good. So that, I like that. My favorite bit, was either Captain America fighting Captain America, which was, which was <laughs> fun, um, or in fact just reproducing the, the final scene, or not the final scene, one, one of the late scenes in the Avengers, that was great. But I think my favourite might have been when Robert Redford turned up, because I was not expecting that at all. Um, so he played Alexander Pierce in uh, The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and was killed in that film. And that's, I think that's the first point, I was like, oh wow, they're really bringing people back for this. This is uh, They've paid a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, this brings us back to the the 
to see or not to Z, but I, I said that the old man and the gun was potentially Robert Redford's last film. Uh, turns out Avengers Endgame is his last film. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for a brief 10 seconds. Yeah, so that was great fun. Um, so him and Tilda Swinton, it, it made it slightly weird that Rob, that um, Natalie Portman did so little. Um, she she had a nap and then she woke up. So they used an offcut from Thor The Dark World for that scene. Uh, so that wasn't, Oh, did they? Yeah, so that was a deleted scene from Thor The Dark World. Um, what they did do was get her to come and record a couple of lines of dialogue. So you see her in the distance, um, yeah. which isn't her. It's, it's just a double. Um, but the, the word she speaks was Natalie Portman uh, coming in to do some new stuff. So I guess... Ah. I, I know that she was kind of done with this whole thing. Um, but it's a shame that she couldn't stick around for an hour or, or two just to... to I don't know how long it takes. Half a Say day. hi to Fat Thor. Yeah. So I think the original idea was she would be in it more, and I guess she she turned it down either because she didn't want to do it or because of conflicts and all whatever else. So we get a lot more Rene Russo playing Thor's mum. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is always a welcome. I like Rene Russo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I didn't love that scene because of what Chris Hemsworth was doing. I think he, he was still playing it for this kind of this comic version of the character that I don't think worked for me. But it was I think it was fun to go back there. Mm-hmm. Um and then thirdly, the Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. We get Chris Pratt. Uh this this, this is very fun. This was a very great scene <laughs> when Chris Pratt is doing his karaoke scene at the beginning of Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Um, um, now you see it from a different point of view. <laughs> you see it from War Machine and Nebula's point of view when you look at a guy just dancing. And it's it's an old joke, but it's still hilarious. Um, it's so good. It's so so good. And they just knock him out straight away and get the power stone. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um... And this is what, again one of these things we kind of have to assume that when they went back and put the stones back, they, he he woke up just at the right. I the time the time travel element of this to save us time. I'm not convinced they all work, but I don't want to think too hard about it. Um, no, me neither. So the the film doesn't want us. It doesn't really push time travel dynamics that hard. It kind of explains it fairly quickly and just right. Okay, that's don't worry about it. Um, and the way they did it, I think, was smart in, in the way that. You don't need to worry about the kind of the repercussions and all this because they're fixing it all. So let's ignore mm. that. Um, okay, so Loki grabs the Tesseract and he's out of here. He's gone. To form his own TV series. To form a TV series, yep. Um, we'll, come on, we'll come on to that in, our, in, a, in, a, in a while. Uh, and they go back, or two of them, uh, Captain America and, and Diamond, Man, go back to 1970. To Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, well, no. Is it? No, because that's in the Second World War. Um, oh, this I, was just... So this is 25 years later. Um, ah. I can see why you might have thought that, because Hayley Atwell does not look 25 years older. Nope, uh, she definitely <laughs> does not. They've, they've proper ageing techniques, you know, and de-ageing techniques. You'd think that they could make her 25 years older. Yeah, watching it the second time, I thought, okay, they've, they've made some sort of effort, but mm, not really. Um, so, so, we, so she's... She was co-founded Shield. She's working away. Um, apparently, and I missed this because I don't, wouldn't know. I know she makes passing reference to someone who apparently is Captain Britain. Hmm. But let's, yep. let's not go there. Let's not let's go not there. Go there. Time for that. Um, we see uh, John Slattery playing uh, Tony Stark, even though I'm pretty sure it should be Dominic Cooper. Um, uh, not Tony Stark. Howard Stark. Howard Stark. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then there's so, a very nice move. There's a very nice moment between Tony and his that yeah and i thought it was done very well um so tony gets the test right to end and we've got we've kind of got this backstory as you say where 
uh, where his dad doesn't. Well, he, he never had a great relationship with his dad. Yes, but this moment is very nice. Where he, uh, I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot, um, especially considering everything. Yeah. So I find it a bit funny that because again I was watching I say watching Winter Soldier again. And they, both John Slattery and, and Dominic Cooper have played Howard Stark at different times. Uh, Dominic Cooper did it in the TV series, but also had a sh- he's shown in um, Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, they don't really look anything like each other, but since you see a lot more uh, John Slattery in the films, I can see why they went that way. Mm. Uh, you also get to see the guy who plays Jarvis in, in Agent Carter, which is the first time someone has moved from the TV series to the films. And never again. Uh, well, with with Disney Plus coming up, we might see more of that. Uh-huh. But, um, also, a young Michael Douglas. Uh, yes, very briefly, we see uh, young Michael Douglas. Um, this this is a good time to, as any to mention it. There are seven people in this film um, who have won Oscars for acting. Yeah, uh, and another eleven have been nominated. Uh, of those seven, uh, three of them don't have a line. Um, and in fact, uh, Natalie Portman, I, I was including one of those, but because she recorded those two lines of dialogue, she does have a line. But, um, Marissa Tomei, uh, William Hurt, and someone else um, don't don't speak at all. So that was fun. But yeah, uh, Michael Douglas was was one of the ones with a, with an Oscar. So mm-hmm. um, good to know. Why good not? To know. Right, Robert Redford uh, has won an Oscar as a director, I think, but never as a anyway. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, I think she's one of the ones for nominations. Ah, fair enough. Uh, anyway, so not not necessarily important, but uh, I thought it was. I, I think I could be wrong. Let us know at CDZ Movies uh, on Twitter or CDZ Movies at gmail.com. Is seven Oscar winning actors in one film a record? I think it must be. Must be. That's, that's quite impressive. Um, shall we talk about the second time I cried in this film? Oh, yes. So we mentioned all the stones, bar one. Yeah, the Soul Stone. And the Soul Stone. And in Infinity War, uh, you have to sacrifice someone you love or something that you love to acquire the soul stone. Basically, a soul in exchange for a soul. And in Infinity, in Infinity War, Thanos sacrificed um, Gamora. Well, I'm sure that yeah. in Infinity War, we got told it was a thing. But it's, yeah, it's, I thought so too, yeah. But it's very definitely a person uh, in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, tell us about it. <laughs> so, luckily for them, they chose two people who love each other to go to collect the soul stone. <laughs> it would be very awkward otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, if you kind of, yeah, if you've got like Ant Man and uh, and the Hulk, you're like, well, I kind, oh. I kind of like you, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Rocket and uh, Thor, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they sent Black Widow and Hawkeye, and for those who have seen the first film, Infinity War, you kind of know where this was gonna hit. Yeah. Once they reached the top of the mountain, and they saw the red skull for a bit, he told them that you need to sacrifice, you know, you need to kill someone that you love to get the Soul Stone. Yeah. And weirdly, it didn't strike me until they were almost there that that's what was going to happen. Whereas it should have been obvious, I suppose. But mm. Then both of them were fighting each other to sacrifice themselves so that the other person may leave and get the soul stone. Yeah. And I say this is where why the focus on their relationship up until that point really paid off. And in previous films as well. Because that was, as yes, the manful tears from me as well. Uh, oh, okay. very, very so... Black Widow was the one who who died. Um, well, when she said, you have to let go, Clint. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. uh, 
Yeah, it was very moving. And it's weird, there's been a bit of a backlash on this um, from people who feel that Black Widow wasn't done justice in these films, um, or in this film. I didn't see that at all. I thought this was a very moving death, very kind of noble, and a good character ending for her. So she kind of just started off as this, uh, well, she's done some no. pretty awful things we don't know the details of, and she's trying to find salvation um, in a shield. Redemption. And yeah, I, I completely... Uh, I completely agree with you on that because um, the Russo brothers had actually had to defend themselves on that choice of her dying. Yeah, and that strikes me as very odd because it's not. It, I know you kind of get this dynamic of fridging where kind of the. the this is not fridging though. Killed. It's not at all. I mean, it's not fridging. It's very much. I mean, it's very much her decision, um, and it, and also yeah, it's not played off as a kind of this is what motivates Hawkeye. I mean, you get a bit of that, but that's not mm, the primary but, purpose of it. Exactly, she's doing this for for the greater good. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I thought that was great and gave her the because if, if she was killed within two minutes of Tony Stark, you could that really take things away. But she definitely given a proper death, a proper mourning. I mean, you get all the characters reacting. This is, and again, this is when I was talking about kind of Bruce and Natasha. The closest you get to to that relationship is you see kind of yeah, if you. Bruce is the one they pan to, or they cut to first when you hear about it. He's the one who responds the most emotionally. And that's about mm. as much as we get um, of that. Uh, is that Act 2 done? I think it <laughs> is. So just to sum, sum it up, they collected all the Infinity Stones. They went back to the present, but someone is following them. Which we didn't mention. Uh, of course. So in, um, in, the, in the Guardians section... Uh, Nebula, who gets a lot more to do in this film than she's ever had, really. Um, Good for her, though. I like Karen Gillian. Yeah, and I think she's finally kind of nailed this character because she mm. she's a very gifted comedic actress. And I think she apparently in the first Guardian she was playing a lot of comedic takes which they didn't use, but right from the start of this one they kind of got the well, slightly Drax-like, I suppose, but this kind of um, angry doesn't understand humor really kind of. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I love the way she played it anyway because she's part machine and all this um she kind of sees her counterparts future memories or something i don't know yeah um, so you see young thanos do i say young thanos or old thanos <laughs> are they young or old the old one the old version the younger one i don't know <laughs> anyway the past thanos yeah. and past gamora and past nebula um saw current nebula's um future in the visions and they found out that they are trying to change what future old Thanos was doing so they followed them <laughs> back into the present well you've lost me a bit but yes um, they, they did indeed <laughs> um, uh, and yes she kind of pretends to be the future uh, nebula because she's got a metal plate on her head that I must admit I'd never noticed before but there you go um, and so the um, yeah, Bruce Banner he snaps his fingers, he brings everyone back, mm-hmm. but immediately, oh, you get this nice bit where where Linda Cardellini, whose actor name, whose character we name, do not know. me, uh, Mrs. Hawkeye, um, Laura, Laura, uh, rings Clint. So you get that nice moment there, but then immediately, Avengers HQ is blown to smithereens. And I think this is the beginning of uh, Act Three. It is, and this is what I. The first time I was thinking, well, do we really need this? Because essentially it's a big battle for the third act. But um, watching it again, I think it does fit nicely. Ah, uh, there were a lot of fist pumping, <laughs> fist punching the air moments for me, man. Okay. <laughs> in this entire okay. fight. But first of all, I, I, at the beginning, I thought Scott died 
got evaporated from the blast. <laughs> the, All right. So at the beginning, when uh, Thanos shot um, his big giant ship, went and shot and destroyed the whole Avengers base. Yeah. You you see a brief glimpse of um, Ant Man looking out and saying, "Oh, everything's back to normal," and then everything turned yeah. bright. Right. Yeah. And I actually thought he was evaporated, All right? right? Because he actually died in the comics as well, like that, exactly like that. All right. He got blown up. Oh, okay. No, I, it, evaporated. It, it never occurred to me that they'd be mm. killing any of them off, to be honest, in, in that section. Um, no, but I, I thought they did. I was like, whoa, I can't believe they did this to Paul Rudd. Everyone likes Paul Rudd. Everyone likes Paul Rudd. Uh, I know, he just went small. Um, so, yeah, so the big final battle, I, to be honest, this is um, so the first time I didn't think much of it. I think a bit more the second time, but it, the there are some great moments in it. Very, very good um, Before we get to those, I, I didn't, it was very dark. Um, so, because it's in the middle of the day, and I know there's lots of kind of clouds and stuff, but it felt fairly murky. And I, watching Avengers again, the, the action, the fighting is so lucid and colourful and clear. Mm. And this was not so that was a shame i thought they could have done with brightening up a little bit i mean that's a fairly common marvel uh complaint anyway is that they're not that they're too gray um make it just dark yeah Um, yeah i I agree that 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 was uh it was very very dark (laughs) so i objected to that but um but uh and and yeah the action the actual action wasn't always very memorable but um I think the, the what was the main punch yeah bit for you? Let's see if it was the same as it was for me. Uh, okay, so first of all, the 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 three main ones fighting Thanos, um, Mano and Mono. So you have Captain America, um, Iron Man, and Thor. Who's managed playing. to braid his beard with the power of lightning? That was pretty good. Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, Thor holding two hammers. Yeah. You have Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. The axe. Yeah. And and then you see Captain America lifting Mjolnir, which was for me the uh, the the. Yeah, the breakout. That was the the kid sitting beside me was like saying yes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> um, we, I think we, the whole cinema felt that as well. Yeah, so we had hints in Age of Ultron where he kind of almost moved it. But if, if anyone's worthy, it's Captain America, isn't it? He's uh, it, it definitely he's is one him. of the greats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and the choreography for the fighting I thought was done fairly well. It, it also felt a little bit like it was it wasn't anywhere. It it you didn't feel. The, the geography of it as, as well as you didn't say the New York fight mm. um, especially considering the numbers involved there were kind of must have been thousands of people on this battlefield it's a CGI Colin it, it is um, I didn't I said the way it was staged obviously the focus was on the main heroes but um, I didn't love some of that but the, the when all the yes all the heroes come back and you, you get some great moments from Spider-Man Captain Marvel uh, you get a little bit of Black Panther, not as much as I thought you might, mm. but you see quite uh, individuals. The for me, the really poor bit. Um, so, so I do have some criticisms of this film. Um, yeah. Was the really on the nose bit where suddenly every female character in the Marvel universe happened to be in the same ten square feet? Oh, I, I love that bit. Really, I love that bit so much. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I know it's on the nose. I know they just shoehorn it there. I know there's no possibility <laughs> that all the female superheroes will go in in one spot and help Captain Marvel as though Captain Marvel needed help well, anyway. That, that was the other thing. She's just flown destroyed through a plane. spaceship, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, oh, she's got to get that thing no. from there to there. Don't worry, we'll help you." And like, she's gonna be fine. <laughs> no, like, like even though, like, I know all of this at the back of my mind. I know it's absurd. I know it's on the nose, but the part of me 
or screaming yes it's such a great scene to see all the female superheroes come together it really is and can you imagine like any little girls who are watching this who will be like cheering their head off when they see that scene and i think it, it's good for what it is yeah like, i i have no objection to to celebrating the female heroes and it almost felt like marvel kind of making a bit of a point saying look we got loads of these people um but i just thought i mean do you know there's something similar in infinity war where there were uh, was it Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow, mm. um, and Okoye all taking on the female body, whatever? Anyway. Yeah, but it's um, not the same as seeing them in one line, on the right? Now. Well but I, I just, yeah, I, I thought there would have been a, could have been a better way of doing that. Mm. Oh, I loved it though. Yeah, <laughs> fair I, think, I read um, Empire review and, and Helen O'Hara, who wrote that review, didn't think she described that as clumsy. So I thought, well, there you go. Yeah, I, mm. I'm yeah I, I, I can see, I can see all the points though. I, I mm. do agree. It's just that. I think it's really nice to see an assembly of female superheroes. Uh, so we had a fun bit not long afterwards where, where Thanos headbutted Captain Marvel and she did not respond <laughs> at all. Um, yep. And very neat way that he sailed the problem by just getting the power stone and punching her, which I thought was, <laughs> was smart. Well, that makes sense, though. If not, Captain Marvel is just so powerful. Yeah. Uh, she really yeah. is. She just destroyed an entire ship by herself by just moving quickly through it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we see all the Valkyrie, um, led, of course, by Tessa Thompson, uh, who's Valkyrie. Um, we see all the um, Wakanda Wakandan army mm-hmm. we see all sorts lots we see of, everyone lots of wow. um, wizards the Doctor Strange and his yeah his ilk I, I love you know what bit that we didn't mention I like the bit where Captain America said Avengers Assemble <laughs> that was yeah, I like that bit a lot. I like the bit when I, I both... kind of liked it, other than the fact they'd already assembled. Um, yeah, <laughs> it felt a little. Yeah, but it's one thing that you say. It's a, it's a comic book. It's it's for the fans, Colin. It's I know it's a fans. kind of classic Avengers slogan, but yeah, he could, he could, it's have, like he could have said it before they'd assembled. Is all I'm saying. It's... <laughs> he doesn't know they're going to come, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's I... like Hulk saying Hulk smash, or you know, it's it's something that you say Avengers assemble, and I like the when both. Um, both armies were rushing together to run in. Oh, uh, that I would love to screenshot that and put it as my okay. wallpaper. I didn't. Yeah, you said I, I, didn't, I didn't really. I think I may have just got with Lord of the Rings stuff. I've seen it so many times, but um, uh, well, you just see one big guy, Ant Man, rushing in. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you see the punching f- one of those Leviathans out the air. That was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so we get lots of fighting. We got lots of punching around. We got the the gauntlets moving around. And um, long story short, Tony Stark's got to. Uh, Got to nab the stones because Thanos, Somehow, Thanos I, wants well, to destroy absolutely everything. He's start again, and he grabs the stones, which is very I funny. Don't, I don't know how he got the stones though. Uh, he's sneaky. Um, it was a good, it was a <laughs> how good. did he transfer from one glove to the other glove? Well, I think he just pulled them out and then put them in, didn't he? Whilst, the, whilst Thanos was so, for those who haven't seen it, um, Thanos was about to destroy everything. Tony Stark, he thinks he's trying to stop him, but in fact, he's snicking the stones so that he can uh, put them in his own Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Or Iron Man Gone, which you've already seen. Um and then he clicks and then he dies. That's it. No no more time. Very, very sad. So that was done very I think that was a fitting end. And it's a good character arc as well, because he started off as kind of very selfish, swaggering guy who only cares about himself or maybe Pepper. Mm. And he's making this kind of selfless decision. Much like Black Widow, yeah. I suppose, but all they've, they've come from very different places. Um And so, that was the third time I cried mm. in the film. Um, and the woman beside me was sobbing. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everyone disappears. Um, I got some, I got some questions. I'll come to them. So Gamora, Gamora came back with Nebula and and Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nebula who comes back gets killed by the new Nebula. 
so she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the old Gamora, so we obviously the the the, the other Gamora got killed um, yes. in Infinity War. This Gamora has come back. What happened? Where is she? What's happened to her? I don't. I don't think we know. No, nope. um, she disappears. So she kind of rejects uh, Peter Quill because she doesn't really. Well, she doesn't know him at all at this stage, uh, and she's off. I was thinking, does she disappear when he clicks his fingers? Has he has he removed everyone who's come back from time? I would have thought probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, she's the only one that they want to save, right? Anyway. Hmm. So I think that's one of the things that we'll see later on. So we probably do see Peter Quill, then we're searching for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thor. And Thor is, is ship as well. joined the As Guardians of the Galaxy, which is which is fun. Um, and I think that's a great move. Cause I think he fits in this kind of this new version of Thor fits much better with the Guardians. Mm. And it would, it would be nice to see Star-Lord and Thor going at it again. Yeah, because even like the, the brief period we got in this film was fun, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see that. Um, Captain America, he goes back to replace all the stones, and he doesn't come back. And Bucky clearly knows he's not going to come back. I think Bucky can tell. Um, so it turns out he went and found Peggy, probably in 1970. <laughs> who knows? So who knows? Uh, so she's had 25 years of. Of to get over this, well, <laughs> uh, and they had the happy ending that uh, he's always deserved, and that was beautiful. That, was that is very beautiful, but which throws the whole multiple timelines thing. Yeah, so apparently, and again, the question. Um, so apparently, the, the Russo brothers have said that he went and joined him in this kind of parallel universe, then kind of time traveled or traveled back into this one, um, or into the, the main one right at the end. The writers have said that's not the case. So who knows? Um, if the writers and directors uh, can't agree, then what chance do we have? I know. Well, what I like is that, well, what, why I think that I like my theory is that, you know, he somehow joined the current timeline itself. And he was the husband that the old Peggy was talking about the whole time. Yeah. I, to me, that doesn't fit with how Tonchon works here, but I'm I know, not think... I know it doesn't, but I, I want to be the romantic here. And, Fair enough. And she does, you know, the right one. Because otherwise he's um, otherwise he's stolen off someone else. <laughs> um, yeah, and he, then then we have Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah, Tony Stark's funeral. So these are the big three. Well, so we see Thor sending. I got this wrong around. Anyway, yes. Um, and this is the fourth time I cried in the film. It was done very well, and uh, yeah, the kind of panning around all the people um, at the funeral. Some of whom, yeah. if you think about it briefly, think, "Why on earth are they there?" <laughs> but let's not think about that too much. It was very nicely done. Uh, you see Ty Simpkins, who uh, who played the kid in Iron Man 3. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I had to Google him right after the I film. Think, I think everyone was in the To be honest, I, I guessed it was probably him. But yeah, just some guy who's probably in his late teens, maybe. That was such a long, I know, such a long time ago as well, Iron um, Man 3. Yeah, as he standing by himself, I thought, oh, that's probably the Iron Man 3 kid. And I looked it up and it was. And I think that was a very nice touch, actually. Because um, if you don't know who it is, it doesn't really matter too much. But if you do... Oh, that's nice that they've kind of maintained that that continuity. Um, right then, so 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 I think that's, I think we've done it. Um, wow, that was. But there's don't worry, there's still more to that's that's the plot. Um, but we still got some questions about what's going to happen in the future. Um, so, well, before we get onto the actual things that are planned, um, so I think we definitely haven't really got uh, a, any kind of ending for the Hulk. Um, which makes me think they're going to make more films with him in. Because mm-hmm. there's, yeah, I mean, Thor obviously looks like he's going to be the next Guardians. Captain America and, and Tony Stark, I don't think, are coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, certainly not in the near future. 
Um, Hawkeye, we know, is coming back. Black Widow's coming back and is dead. Um, <laughs> but Hulk is the only one they haven't tied up in any way. So I can see him appearing again. Maybe in this form, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear some speculation that because the the Infinity Gauntlet kind of had lots of gamma radiation coming off, that might affect either make him turn him back into the Hulk or stop him being the Hulk at all or make him to some other version of the Hulk or something like that. That's quite possible. Um, most of the characters have their own TV shows planned out anyway. So you have uh, Bucky and um, the Falcon. They will have their own TV shows coming up. So let's let's talk about these. So so um so Bucky, so Falcon is the new Captain America. He gets given mm-hmm. he gets given the shield. I, I, let's not think too hard about where the shield came from, or which timeline, no. or no no don't 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 think about it. Um, so yeah, I've not. This is the only TV series I guess I've got absolutely no idea what could happen in this one. Um, because if they've already decided that he's Captain America, I, maybe, maybe it's a kind of him training up to be worthy of that name or something like that. Mm. Well, he becomes Captain America in the, the comics, though. Mm. Well, quite a few people do, don't they? <laughs> no, him and Bucky also becomes Captain America yeah. for a bit. So I can because um, Bucky Bucky seems to know what's going on. I don't know whether he's guessed or not, but he, he kind of sends Falcon to talk to Captain America by himself. So I think maybe he's foreseen that. Mm. So I can I like I like them two together in in Civil War. I like them two together in interviews. All oh, right, okay. So I can see a kind of maybe a kind of fun buddy thing. They uh, do the TV yeah. series. Um, we've got the Loki TV series, so I think that's so we we saw him kind of disappear off somewhere with the Tesseract. I suspect that's going to be him. I think we've already been told it's kind of him going through historical events and stuff. So uh, I can see him. It feels a bit like um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, where he's just jumping through time and space and doing whatever. But I think that would work well. Hmm. Uh, and then you have uh, Vision Wonder. Yeah, or Wonder Vision as they're calling it. Which Wonder is a Vision. Terrible yeah. name, but they... So that's the one that really confuses me. Because <laughs> Vision died in Infinity War and, and did not come back, and there was no hint that he would possibly come back in this one. He's like proper, proper dead. Proper, proper dead. So I don't know whether it's a prequel. Because I, I, if it's set between Civil War and Infinity War, that could could work. It was because that's that's kind of where they they get together off screen. So if we're kind of fleshing out that relationship, what do you reckon? Um, well, the thing is, Wanda's powers are like severely um, underdeveloped in the films compared to the comics. Yeah. So I I'm hoping that they will boost up her powers to be comic level, Scarlet Witch level, like reality altering thing, and she brings Vision back to life. Oh right, okay. Mm. That's I mean that's plausible, isn't it? Um, mm. She goes a bit crazy though in the comics, so I hope she does that as yeah. well. Yeah, kills all the, kills all the mutants. She kills all the mutants. Yeah. No, she doesn't kill them. She removes their powers. Right. Okay. Mm. I don't think the way they're going to bring mutants into this universe is via the One Division TV series, but uh, probably not. I mean, they might bring one or two, and I don't know. Um, but I think there's there's got to be a focus on the kind of romantic side of that as well, which I which I'd like to see. Um, mm. The Hawkeye TV series, um, I, I, again, this, I, I love the family dynamic. I loved it in Age of Ultron, I love it in this one as well. Where he's kind of, he's a family man who gets dragged out into, into the world to do this stuff. Um, there was some suggestion that maybe he's training up his daughter to be the new Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So that could be what this is. But I, uh, th- these are all going to be kind of one series, limited runs, more like eight episodes kind of thing. I guess mm-hmm. six to eight episodes maybe. I think it's fine. I mean, they are mostly film actors anyway, rather than television actors. Exactly. So, so yeah, a Tom Hiddleston is not going to commit to 23 episodes as long, but he might commit to six. Well, yeah. um, exactly, yeah. Um, Jeremy Renner, similarly. Um, 
And then the other thing we've got is this Black Widow film. So, um, if you saw Scarlett Johansson in any of the interviews, she's she's saying absolutely nothing. She won't confirm it's happening. She won't confirm she's in it, whatever. Um, so there's a few options here. Let's see what you think is the most likely. So the, the so one of them is it's a it's a prequel. It's set before Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. Um, either kind of while she's at Shield or way before when she's kind of like doing all the uh, stuff for Russia and then pre Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, I saw someone it might, suggesting it might be the kind of the five year gap that we in the film like covering that period. I oh, that works as well, yeah. Um, uh, or she comes back to life in some way, and it's a no, no, it's no, 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 no. I I don't want that. Okay, I don't want that because it cheapens her death. Yeah, it's. So I I don't want it in general. In general, I'm very much with you. I I don't want deaths being cheapened, but that's kind of the. I know you want her back. That's kind of the story I want to see. It's. I mean, this is partly me just wanting Bruce and Natasha back together. So uh, um, they can be good. They can come back together in like the five years. Maybe they got together and broke up. Yeah, maybe. Um, I I think the five year thing is incredibly unlikely. To be too. honest, um, and I, I, that's the one I really don't want to see because it's basically just a lot of her looking for stuff and failing to find it, isn't it? It's um, there's, there's no nothing was achieved in that five years. Mm. So it'll be a prequel. So prequel, I think, is the one that seems most likely. Um, Scarlett Hansen is a very good looking woman. She doesn't, but to make her make us believe that she looks like she did ten years ago might be a stretch, but never mind. Do it. I'll just change the hair. I'll do it. <laughs> Um, it's always about the hair, Colin. It's always about the hair. I'm gonna my my spin off Black Widow's hair podcast. Actually, we haven't talked about Hawkeye's hair at all. That was yeah, that was pretty terrible. Wasn't it? Um, uh, uh, I lost my family, so I'm going to get a mohawk. Yeah, and a terrible sleeve Season tattoo. Which is, he's now got. A, he's now stuck with that sleeve tattoo for the rest of his life. That's uh, that's I bad I, decisions. Bad yeah, decisions. I wonder if that'd be in the TV series. Um, Anyway, so prequel is probably most likely. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there that's been hinted at. Um, and if you're doing that, I think you've got to have Hawkeye in it as well. Yeah, would, of course. Because they have, they have a past history. Um, but it could, I mean, they could be. I mean, if if if, um, if Wanda is bringing back people, hmm. as I said, I don't want death to be cured in this. No. Um, but... It wouldn't surprise me if they find something along those lines. I mean, they, they kind because of always... it's a comic book film, after all. exactly. And you've got parallel universe and whatever else. I, I really don't want them to pull out a parallel universe. Uh, it's a weird one. I think the Black Widow film is only happening because the fans want it, and there's been a huge cry for it. And it doesn't really fit the narrative um, as it stands. But yeah, that's we've got no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> no, um, well, wouldn't parallel universe books as well? Because that was that topic has been breached in the new spider-man trailer right well it has although i'm pretty sure that's just mysterio lying so if you if people haven't seen the spider-man trailer mysterio says that he's a human from a different earth i don't think he is <laughs> but there you go why don't you believe jake gyllenhaal oh i should i should i know but he's he's mysterio he lies about stuff that's his thing um so wow what time are we on here this is going to be our longest ever podcast season. Uh, I'm doing editing, okay? I have to You're going to slash out 20 minutes from this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just hear me talking again. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just probably send you my half. Um, I'm just looking through all the questions I had. Um, they're either really pedantic or, or we've covered them. Nah. Oh, yeah. The, the bit we haven't covered, actually, um, which a lot of people talked about is, so uh, 
So if the, the people who didn't die in the snap, if they, they are aged five years, the people who did die in the snap, when they came back, they came back the same age as they were when they left, which means that there's kind of this five-year differential now. Where where do they come back as well? So if you're flying in a plane, oh yeah, and you disappear, and you come back, do you immediately die? <laughs> Maybe you do. Um, well, so they come back in the present. So I think a lot of people... Must, so when like when planes crash into buildings, those people are probably dead. I think. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you, do you do you reappear in midair? I don't know. <laughs> um, that must kind of suck, though. Yeah, I'm back. Uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we, it's been confirmed that Ned and MJ um, were also in, and, and also like I think Flash and Betty Brant were all in the snap. So um, so when Spider Man Far From Home comes. He'll still be the same age as those kids. Yeah, you're a statistician, Colin. What is the likelihood of that happening? Um, one in one in eight. <laughs> uh, for, for for MJ, MJ and Ned, who are the only ones that anyone cares about, that's a, that's only a one in four chance. That's not bad, is it? Exactly. It's a it's a lot shorter than the um the odds of the six original Avengers all being uh, left over for this film. So. <laughs> Um, so there you go. All in all, this little film that could. Um, if you haven't seen it already, you have seen it, let's be honest. Uh, go and see it again. Help it knock Avatar off the top. Mm. Uh, I think um, of all the nitpicks, there, and there could be nitpicks in this film, right? I mean, I can forgive it because it's an achievement. This is right. Uh, and if you've never seen a Marvel film before, well, hey, this is Robert Redfin's last film. You've got to support him in that, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, that, that'll do it. Shall I, shall I say uh, I look forward to what they're doing next, but that's a lovely end of an era. They've done well. Exactly. Um, what's our, what's our topic for next time, Zijan? Next time we are riding this whole Marvel train because we, <laughs> we are trying to profit from it as much as possible. <laughs> yep. uh, we are listing all the Marvel villains and, in order and ranking them. Um, yeah, let's see how many uh, how many we get through. Uh, yes, that's uh, yeah. Say so riding that Avengers train. Um, we'll be talking about Keanu Reeves films, Quentin, doing a quiz on Quentin Tarantino, which amazingly we did not get to uh, in this podcast. We will see you then. Bye.